You're listening to Senior Rx Radio, brought to you by ASCP. Visit us online at ascp.com/podcasts. ASCP: Empowering Pharmacists, Transforming Aging. To the Senior Care Pharmacist Podcast. This is Kelly Yulin, your host. Today we're going to be speaking with the editor in chief of the Senior Care Pharmacist Journal, Dr. Chris Alderman. I'd like to welcome you to the podcast and thank you for taking the time to chat with us. We would love to hear a little bit about what you do as the editor-in-chief of the journal. Well, hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. As the editor-in-chief of the journal, I have the opportunity and the privilege to oversee the the operations of the journal in general, but I have a great team that I work with, a managing editor and a team of associate and assistant editors, and I guess if I had to summarize what I do, it's more about bringing it all together and working with the team to make sure the journal gets produced every month, is released on time, and continues to serve the needs of the readership. And the readership is not only the, the members of ASCP, which are very important to us, but also other people from all around the world. Many thousands of people read the journal. Thank you. All right, let's get right into it. I know you have the top 10 tips for us about getting published, so I'd love to to hear them. Okay, well, look, thanks for that. Yeah, look, I have thought about what would be the tips that I would give people to think about if they're contemplating publishing in the journal. And so in no specific order, I'll, I'll walk through a few of them here. And the first one I'd like to get you to think about is what would be of interest to you. So in other words, if you were a reader of the journal, what sort of things would you be interested in hearing about or reading about? So these can be research studies. We're always interested in hearing about people's research, but equally it can be things like a case report, and I'll come back to that a bit later on, or perhaps a practice report, or even something as brief as a letter to the editor can be a starting point. So think about what you would be interested in hearing about. The second tip is, here's one we made earlier. Uh, What I'm suggesting is that people might consider looking at the journal that's been published and looking at papers that look roughly like the paper they're thinking of writing and modelling their work on the example that they see in front of them from somebody who's already been through the process and negotiated it successfully. Mm -hmm. It's a great idea. I've got a tip here called read the label on the box. I'm asking people to go to the instructions for authors and follow them because that will make it much easier for your paper to negotiate the process. If you do the things that it's suggested in the instructions to authors in the way that you structure your your paper and the way you submit your paper, it will make it faster and and easier for you. Mm -hmm. I've got a tip here that says many hands make light work. And so I I guess what I'm saying there is that uh, rather than trying to do this all on your own or maybe with one other colleague, the more people within reason that you involve in writing your paper, the more approachable and modest the amount of an individual's work will be. So if you've got a paper, for example, that's going to run to 5,000 words, If you work with five colleagues, it's much easier for you to produce a thousand words of that total Mm -hmm. um, than it would be to sit down from woe to go and produce the whole thing. I've got here, think outside the box. 
So what I'm asking people there to do is to not necessarily feel too constrained by the traditional structures they see in a journal or not to limit themselves to just publishing a research report. So I think, you know, sometimes it's really important to hear what people are doing, to think about practice reports, so think about ways of doing things. It might be a clinic you run, it might be a service you've just initiated, it might be something unique that you've seen in your practice. So I think don't feel too constrained about what you write about. I love that one. Yeah, those are the articles I enjoy reading. <laughs> yeah, they're interesting, aren't they? They're interesting. Yeah, and, sure, and yeah. Some, you know, and it's, it's really quite fascinating to hear what other people are doing and can be quite inspiring too, actually. Mm-hmm. I've got here, look, when in doubt, just ask. And in fact, just ask me. I'm happy to be asked. I'm happy to be approached. You can email me directly through the ASCP website and I'm happy to respond. And if people have doubts about what they're doing or they want to clarify something, by all means, approach me or one of the other other people involved with the journal. Another one I've got here is phone a friend. So in other words, if you know somebody who's already been involved in the publishing process, then think about contacting them and asking their help or asking their opinion about things because it can be really helpful to you to have that assistance from somebody who's already been through the process and knows what it's like. That's a great idea. And some collaboration could come from that too. Absolutely can. And that's a good thing. And in fact, we like seeing papers that come from uh, multiple sources Mm -hmm. uh, and people are collaborating on, on a project that's really terrific to see that. Look, I've got here start small and build. So you don't have to make the first paper that you write a huge magnum opus. It can be something quite approachable. And one of the areas I suggest to people that they could consider would be to think about a case report. People sometimes are dismissive of what case reports are or what they contribute to a journal. I am a strong believer in the value of case reports and I feel that... um, If you've seen something interesting or something that illustrates a principle in therapeutics or patient care, that can be really valuable. And uh, it's quite interesting because I've published quite a lot of papers over the course of my career, but I have to say that the three or four papers that have had the most impact and have generated the most readership over the course of my writing career have all been case reports. So it's not necessarily the case that every paper you write has to be a pure research report. Mm -hmm. It can be something just describing something you've seen that has an important message or a first in humans observation. That's the other interesting category we look for. So first adverse drug reaction, first drug interaction, first observation of a novel way of treating something, novel way of delivering a therapy, a new way of looking at something. All those sorts of things can be suitable topics for a case report. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's good advice. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, and I think some people can overlook how important a case report can be. Mm-hmm. Many, many years ago, there was a very inconspicuous case report where somebody wrote up a puzzling set of observations they saw in a man that they hadn't ever seen these things before mm-hmm. in their clinical practice wrote that and published it and turned out to be the first ever case report describing a person with HIV. So you can see how much much, uh, value can come out of this. 
And uh, that was a, a shining light that led people down a ladder on. It's a great example. I've got here limited aims and overwhelming force. So if you choose a relatively circumscribed topic and then throw a lot of resources at it, get a lot of colleagues involved and try to concentrate your efforts over a relatively short period of time, you'd be surprised how rewarding that can be and it can deliver the result you're looking for. Don't let perfect be the enemy of the good. So don't sit around thinking, I can't submit this because it's not perfect yet. The journal will sort all that out. So, you know, mm-hmm. as long as it looks consistent with the standard you see that's already been published, let it go, let it swim, and uh, mm-hmm. let it come to us and we'll, and we'll sort it out from there. Okay. I like that. <laughs> and the last one I've got here is the shoe company dictum, which is just do it. You never start something until you start it. Mm-hmm. If you sit around contemplating it and thinking, oh, I'll get around to that one day, it's not going to happen. Whereas if you make a start, you're on the journey. You've begun. And, uh, you know, having it sitting there and thinking, well, I must write a bit more about that, it's going to take you down a path where you're going to get to a point where you're eventually going to arrive where you're heading. So, you know, they say over the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So, uh, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. One of my mentors, he's been published. He's very humble about it. So he doesn't share this often, but I, and I learned this when I reviewed his CV, but he has a, he's been published every year since he has been licensed. And he has a policy where if he spends more than two hours researching something, then he's going to write it up. Because if he's had to look into it that much, there probably are other people that could benefit from, from his work, which I think is a really good perspective. Yeah. Look, I mean, the other thing I have to say, too, is that in another life, I was the director of pharmacy in a public teaching hospital here. And I saw lots of resumes come across my desk as a part of job applications. And I always used to look at the section addressing publications, not because I'm expecting to see something that's going to win a Nobel Prize in there, although that's not to demean the people's work. But it it says something else about that person to an employer. It says that you are persistent, you see through on your objectives, and you get to the end point and get it done. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a very impressive thing to see people who are prepared to. And it talks about teamwork and it talks about having ambition, all those sorts of things. So don't underestimate the message that it sends to a prospective employer yeah. If you have a history that includes some publishing. Yeah, that's a great perspective. And so I, I'm a residency program director for a PGY2. And we also have PGY1, about six PGY1s where I work. And we are always looking at, you know, we have a huge pool of candidates. We have a really competitive program. Our PGY1's been around for over 20 years. And it's really the applicants who stand out who have managed to be involved in publications as a student. So for our, our you know, student pharmacists who are listening as well, you know, try to get involved with research if that's something that you're interested in. Because it really does help to set you apart, you know, from other from other candidates. Yeah. Well, indeed, and I think you alluded to something else earlier on as well, and that is repurposing things you've done. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you've done some work for another purpose. It might be to prepare a, a presentation on a specific topic. It might be to do some teaching. It might be to answer a medicine's information inquiry. Mm-hmm. And you can take that work you've already done and get double value for it. Yeah. You can actually repurpose it for the purpose of publishing and deliver extra value for your work. And that's always a good thing. 
Yeah, I like the way you you put it much more eloquently. I like the way you put it. (laughs) All right. So is there anything that currently the journal is really looking for? Any topics that are of interest this year for publication? There's always things that we're interested in hearing about. Readers might have seen that we've begun over the last couple of years publishing a thing called the Case Series. So this is a multi-part series where we address a specific topic from the ground up. So we start with the basics, build through understanding the drugs that are involved, talk about special situations and the wider meaning of how you go about managing something. So we've just worked our way through a a big series on diabetes. We've got a big series on COPD coming up. Mm -hmm. So and, And hypertension is another one we're just starting on. So these are always of interest to the journal. What I would say is don't launch into one without talking to us because it's quite feasible if you're interested in it, other people are interested too and they may already have something in progress. So topic series like that are always interesting to us. Case reports, as I mentioned before, can be very can be very useful, particularly if they are first in human observations or they have a special message of some sort. Okay. We also have a part of the journal now called the Geriatric Pharmacotherapy Case Series. Now, your readers may not be familiar with this, but it's basically these are cases that are not necessarily an actual description of an observation. So they might be compounded descriptions of observations from several patients, or they may in fact be entirely fictional, but they're constructed to illustrate certain points in therapeutics. Our ambition with this is to continue to provide teaching materials for people in academia so that they can pull these cases and get their students to read them and and then you can have discussion around what was seen and why it's important, Mm -hmm. the clinical pearls that drop out of that. So these are all areas that we're interested in. The other one I'd point out, and people sometimes overlook the importance of these, are letters to the editor. And again, people sometimes don't give these much I don't know, they don't afford them much importance, but in fact, they can be very important. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking for there is a perspective related to something that's published. So it might be you just read about someone's research addressing a certain area and you might have a, you know, an area you want to further explore. So you might say, I read the work of Dr. Elena and it talked about this. Our group have also looked at this from this perspective and we think this or It might be that you point to a new piece of evidence or something else that relates to a published piece that's already appeared in the journal. And look, we're very interested in receiving those as well. And what we do is turn them around quite rapidly. And we also give the author of the original paper that you're commenting on the opportunity to see what's been written. So there's a bit of discourse between you. Oh, that's fun. And that can be very interesting to the readership as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. That's okay. I know we're coming to almost the end of our time today, but is there anything that you wish I had asked you that you'd like the listeners to know about getting published in the Senior Care Pharmacist Journal? I'd like the listeners to know that we are approachable. Okay, we, we like to be approached. We like to hear from people who are considering publishing and we want to encourage and help you. So it's not a nuisance to us to respond to inquiries. It's not difficult for us. There's very unlikely you're going to send us something for an inquiry about something that we haven't seen or dealt with before. So I'd like to encourage people to make contact. As ASCP members, this is 
their journal. And I'd like to see people feel at home and comfortable with using the journal for that purpose. But certainly what I'm encouraging people to do is to to put their toe in the water, have a try, see what it's like, get involved. It's very rewarding to see your work make its way through and come out the other side and be published. And it's there forever, of course. You know, once it's once it's published, it's published forever, which is a lovely thought. Yeah, absolutely. And I can say from a personal perspective, having been published in the journal, the staff is also lovely to interact with as well. And you've mentioned it many times, but you know, reach out to you on the ASCP website via email or any of the other staff that work on the journal. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Chris Alderman. It's been a pleasure getting to speak with you. I appreciate you getting up early. I know we're in different parts of the world as we're recording this, so I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. It's been my very great pleasure, and I'm, I'm very happy to have had the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Kelly Ulan, and I'm the host of the Senior Care Pharmacist podcast this episode. And today we got to speak with Chris Alderman, the editor-in-chief of the Senior Care Pharmacist Journal. Have a good day, everyone. You're listening to Senior Rx Radio, brought to you by ASCP. Visit us online at ascp.com slash podcasts. ASCP, empowering pharmacists, transforming aging.